0: and we're live what is going on everybody welcome to episode number 20 of the let the kids talk podcast you know who i am it's your host elijah burks you can find me on twitter at a you at a new username hank aaron goats today we have six other people with us we'll go around to int- introduce each other
1: what's up everybody this is nick rosado uh you can find me on my multiple twitter accounts uh at respect all rise except yes and respect is there too um and at rosado underscore nick you can also find me on instagram at nick five bombers Derek jeter had a 99.75 uh percentage of the vote in route to first ballot hall of fame and for the rest of this podcast say something negative about Derek jeter if he rent, lives rent free in your head
2: hey guys uh it's robert castillo you can find me on twitter at kiddie and yeah go dodgers
3: Hey guys, I'm Sarah. You can find me on Twitter at 30 Conforto. I also just wrote a little blog post. Um, you can find that in the link in my bio. Hey
4: everybody, it's No NoDoubtDepmers, and I declare this summer, the summer of George. You can find me on Twitter at No NoDoubtDepmers.
3: Hi everyone, I'm Erin, and you can find me on Twitter at Multisunny.
5: Hello, this is Manny. You can find me on Twitter at NYYStan. You can find me on Instagram at Manny.RM. And you can check out my website, RiverAvenueReport.com, except the avenue is just an A V E. Check it out. We'll talk about why Kluber is going to be a top five finisher in Cy Young. Just kidding, but he's going to be great.
0: All right. Uh, so, obviously, last time we were here, we were talking about moves the Yankees made. But one of their division foes, the Toronto Blue Jays, have made quite a big splash. They have landed one of the biggest prizes in free energy, George Springer. And our pal here, no doubt, Detmers, he is he is ecstatic, I'll tell you that much. So, we'll start off with Detmers. What do you think of this?
4: Okay, so personally, I think ec- ecstatic is a bit of an understatement. I think that, you know, this deal, even though, you know, some Mets fans who are still coping with the fact that they weren't able to get him think that we overpaid for him. I really disagree. We are able to front load a contract to one of the best outfielders in baseball, now creating one of the best outfields in baseball, going from having Ezekiel Carrera and Kevin Pillar in the same outfield starting two, three years ago, to being able to have a premier center fielder, I'd say second best center fielder in the game in George Springer, having Lourdes Gurriel and Teoscar Hernandez in right and left. I think the addition of Springer will really bring a lot in the future playoffs that this team will make, brings in a lot of experience and a premier hitter that's going to be able to Hit for sure. You know, when you're dealing with a young team, there are a lot of ways that things can go. We don't know the way, we don't know how Bichette will hit next season. We don't know how Guerrero will do. We don't know if Biggio will continue to get on base at the same clip. But what we do know is that George Finger will come in, will compete and will put up a five to six war season, which is something that we need. We need a given. We need somebody that can go in and play games the same way, be consistent and really achieve. And, you know, for a city like Toronto being able to get someone to willingly come play in Canada is amazing. Like you could already see it just invigorated the fan base. People were excited. This guy was willingly, this guy wanted to play here in a place where nobody really wanted to go before. And, you know, it brings a lot of life in, and especially, you know, Kirby Yates too. And you never know, we could, you know, jump in and get a DJ, uh, JT Romuto. So it brings a lot of hope. I'd say. And this is me just being calm because if you had seen me the minute of the signing,
0: I was like screaming in the streets. So this no, we I can confirm me. that definitely. I can confirm that because <laughs> Yeah. In their in our little group chat he was going berserk an understatement. <laughs> uh, yeah, but obviously my taking a situation and, and anybody else can hop in is that Springer has two things going for him. He's got his bat and his glove. If his bat isn't there, well, his glove is there. So he's still a very valuable player, in my opinion, at least.
3: I think that... like, You can go ahead. (laughs) I think that along with his bat and his glove and what kind of player he is, because obviously I'm an A's fan, so I've gotten to watch him in my division for the past few years. And obviously he's an incredible player, but on top of all that is, I think, just an experience that, the experience that he has, especially in the postseason, with the Astros' success in the postseason. And I think once he kind of gets, he shakes the whole Astros scandal off of him on a new team, I think he's going to be a really great piece to for a young team that needs somebody to kind of lead them. Because obviously this is your team, Devers, but um, just from what I've watched I think that he's going to be a huge like leader in your clubhouse, which is something I'm really excited for Toronto to have because you guys are such an exciting team. So the addition of a veteran is like insane, and I'm really excited to watch you guys. Yeah, I
5: completely wonder. agree. Specifically about the, um, the leadership part that Aaron just brought up is that George Springer is one of those few um, ex-Astros who is – who was, I would say, relatively apologetic um, in his yes, definitely in his press conference, right? Uh, unlike some of the other dirtbags in Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman that we know of, and he's gonna be he's gonna want to put that behind him. So, so he even though he has like a shitload of experience going into um, go, going into the going into his first season with Toronto. He's still going to want to have something to prove because regardless of whether or not he was apologetic um, in his press conference or, you know, even after the whole incident, people are still going to, like, take him at face value um, with bang-bang. And, like, I'm a Yankees fan, so I'm one of those people. And the thing there is that because of this, that's going to be some sort of extrinsic motivation because now he has to prove that he can, like, still put up the kind of seasons that he put up in Houston without the aid of, you know— Stein sign stealing,
4: right? Um, but, I like, think we that. have seen since that season him put up an almost a thousand OPS season, and we saw him, you know, really return to form. I'm hey, I'm not here to say George Springer is the true god. I'm here to just say he has shown that he's able to hit without, you know, st- sign stealing operations. I I think that that's really not going to be a worry, but I do agree. It does kind of hand him some motivation. And to what Aaron was saying, yeah, this is George Springer's team now. Like this is his team. This is his team to lead. This is his team to win with. This is no longer, you know, Kevin Biggio's team. We can't have a 24-year-old leading our clubhouse. Even though he's a positive influence, we need a guy that can physically win, that can physically, you know, has a shot at winning MVPs at this age. It's a perennial all-star. And I I was going to say this quickly. I think George Springer has a case to make now that he's playing in Canada, almost like Kawhi Leonard. I think you could make a large comparison here yeah, for, from George to Kawhi, but instead George is here for the long haul. And I think there's a possibility you could see George Springer emerge as one of the big faces of baseball, not just in Canada, but in North America. Uh, I, think, I think
3: definitely.
5: <laughs> I don't know if, don't know if I'd, w- I'd be willing to stretch it there. I feel like Canada is a given, right? Because he's the best player on the Toronto Blue Jays and – by extension, he just sort of becomes, you know, um, the face of baseball in Canada. But I don't know if that stretches like to the entire continent because that's something that, you know, he's going to be competing with, let's say, the Mike Trouts and the Fernando Tatises and our own the judges of, uh, of the sport. So obviously, so there's something there that's going to have to be, um, you know, overcome for him.
4: Right. Even, I,
5: just- even
3: if even if he doesn't become like a true leader, maybe he doesn't fill his spot as much as we would expect him to in his first year, because obviously it's a new team, something to get used to. But like I said, I'm an A's fan, so um, I've seen him play the, uh, us against the Astros. And I've always liked Springer. Um, Something about him that I love is that he, this is super random, not really, but he has a stutter and so it kind of makes him feel more human. And so I've always kind of had a soft spot for him. So always playing against him, whether it's against the Dodgers or the A's, was kind of sad because I didn't really get to root for him. But now that he's on a team that I'm kind of uh, neutral about, I actually get to enjoy watching him play. So even if he, you know, gets criticism or whatever, I'm still going to watch him play personally, because I just, I think he's a really exciting guy to watch, and having him on a team that I kind of don't really care about as much as others, is, I think it's going to open me up more to watching other Toronto games. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think yeah, that, well, um, uh, I Yeah, yeah um, so, obviously, as everyone is echoed, I think this is a good signing for Toronto. He's a proven postseason performer. Um, this, uh, you know, we might not know how much he can do uh, without you know, bang, buzz, buzz, but um, he proved it a little bit this postseason. Um, he's, like like Manny said, one of the only guys who was apologetic in the science-dealing scandal,
4: and um, he, uh, he did... I on top of that, one of the only, only guys team that team actually team. came out of the scandal still hitting tanks, right? Because when you think of how it affected, you know, Altuve, Correa, and Bregman, did they have the same years as they were having before? Heck no he was probably one of the only players that really blossomed after that. And it shows that, you know, he would have still been able to put up at least similar offensive seasons.
0: Uh, You also have to factor in one thing. And it's that for for some reason, after a scandal, like during the season and like before the season for fan tests, Altuve, Bregman and Quare were all like, yeah, we'll shut the haters up, prove y'all wrong. And it's like, They want us to lose but F them or something like that. And Springer was the only one who didn't like make any kind of statement like that. He just knew he just took his lumps with the science 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 scandal and just accepted that they got caught and he didn't make any statements about rah rah. rah. And that's something I've always kind of respected him for. He's probably my least hated player on that Astros team now. And I think I'm I
1: think that like I just wanted to finish what I was saying from before. Um, so, I think I just want to, like, like Manny, kind of echoing a lot of what Manny said, like, he's probably going to have a chip on his shoulder, see what he can do outside of Houston. I mean, I know, like, he's going to have that still stigma around him. Um, like, what can he do uh, for a full 162 season? And I know, like, pe- I know there have been moments as an Yankee fan, we've watched him, you know, paint us in post postseason believer and uh, but believe it or not, he actually doesn't have the best numbers against us. So I'm really curious to see how he performs outside of Houston. I mean, I know people might not say people might say this is like a negative thing about in terms of like having to see him 19 times a year now. But personally, I think we'll relish opportunity to, especially in 2021, following you know a year where we didn't get to go in the stands and like didn't even get to play the Astros at all this past year. So we finally get to be in the stands and experience that, and you know. Have our hack at them, albeit not with the Astros, but like um, just <laughs> as a whole. Like we'll finally get our chance because we're we're still mad. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. the the Astros. The Astros have another thing coming. Uh,
5: Nick and I have spoken at length about this, about how the Astros would might have been what like a across a sixty game season, they might have been like a twelve win team or some shit if fans were in the stands. Because, like, you know, um, regardless of whether or not they had the skill as a baseball team, there's something that would, like, happen to your psyche if every road game you go to, people want your head, right? Uh, yeah, that definitely. was I mean, definitely going to happen.
3: It's the I, Jose Bautista effect. <laughs> I was planning on going to the A's versus Astros game, like, half just because I wanted to boo them.
0: My thing is, yeah, it, no. it's, it kind know, tickets would have risen. My my take like, is like it kind of reminds me of the first time LeBron returned to Cleveland after he left in free agency to go to Heat. You remember just hostility in that crowd, and imagine that over a full one hundred sixty two game season. And quick
4: interjection, quick interjection. Works. I'll make it quick. You're leaving Cleveland for Miami. I think we can justify that. <laughs> but yeah, like, true, true, I don't true. think there's any questions there it's like a man left Cleveland to go to Miami I, I, I yeah. don't think anyone can be mad about that move <laughs> yeah
0: but speaking on the Springer thing obviously there there was a one at a team that was really in on the bidding and uh, it was the Mets of course I think and I believe there's a uh, Mets fan in this recording right now who may not be too happy with the Mets right now
3: Honestly, I'm not really that devastated. I mean, of course, I wanted Springer. He's the star center fielder on the market, but it would have been a lot more disappointing if the Mets didn't already trade for Lindor and Carrasco. So it's not the biggest blow, but they still definitely do need help out there in center field.
0: I think this would have been the cherry on top. Like,. Uh, the Lador thing was the big splash, but the Springer thing would have just been, no, oh, a little cheering on top, obviously.
3: Yeah, definitely. But I'm, um, just happy, I'm just happy to see the Mets getting after it a little bit. Yeah, it's a nice <laughs> change.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
4: I'm happy for Mets fans. I, I Like, I'm, as much as some of them kind of, like, get in and, like, m- on twitter like roast you i'm still you can't not be happy for mets fans right for yeah. for always being number two even though they're still not better than the yankees they're finally getting some time in the spotlight and some love from their ownership and it's something that you know you have to be happy for them whether you're a yankees fan whether you're a blue jays fan a mets fan well mets fans would obviously be happy because they're mets fans <laughs> but any fan should be happy for, like, New York Mets fans at this point in time, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, but uh, speaking of uh, getting after it, in case you didn't know, there was a little uh, scandal with the Mets last week, and their GM, Jared Porter, uh, there's a lot of baggage to claim here, there because this is a really, really that situation it's that's an
4: understatement
3: i think yeah like from a marketing standpoint that's just not a good look for people especially if you're just getting into baseball like you're kind of automatically turned off from the mets because you're like oh it's that team that with that that dude that uh it's not so great things but i think they did the right thing in like immediately firing him and issuing statements and whatnot
2: Oh, I yeah, agree with him.
5: I think I think that was even more important, um, getting Griffin, because you know, you're finally seeing progress being made in the last twelve months where you had first Rachel Balkovec, the um the first uh female coach hired by the Yankees, and then you had Alyssa Nakin, the first major league coach debut with the San Francisco Giants and then you had Kim Ng, who you know we talked about on a podcast as well, the first woman general manager. You have the first black woman coach, in uh, Bianca Smith, I think was your name, being hired by the Boston Red Sox. And you have all these, you know, great women making strides, and then you find out that the general manager of you know one of, of one of the two teams in the biggest market in the country is an absolute fucking creep. That just yeah. like on its own rescinds the progress that's been made. Because now, like a lot of a lot of women who watch and they're like, okay, you know what, this is something that I could do because I'm seeing other people do it now. I'm I'm assuming like obviously I can't speak for y'all, but I'm assuming it feels a little bit like you watch and then you're like, okay, you know, maybe I don't want to put myself through this anymore.
3: I mean, yeah. for me, that's I like I guess I, I don't really want to go into baseball operations. I wanna go into baseball marketing more so. So um Not like, I mean, obviously it sucks to see that, but I think the women who are making strides in baseball outshine that by far because it takes a lot of courage to go into like a truly male dominated sport.
4: I think that as much progress is being made, this type of stuff, like these, you know, people show that not enough progress has been made at all because like if this is happening here imagine how many other places are this is happening imagine how many other cases there are of this this blatant i I don't even have a word for it if you know what i'm saying this like yeah complete
3: like this sexualization of women in sports
4: yeah exactly and we're enabling it seems like we're enabling this, right? Like we're enabling people who have, you know, said these things like Aubrey Huff, like at times, other people, like other pitchers to name a few, I think, you know, who I'm talking about that have said, you know, things that are so harmful that, and we're enabling them to be part of the baseball community. And it's something that, you know, should not be happening as we move to paying attention to these issues because they need attention and we cannot allow Our baseball community to be infiltrated by people with minds full of hate and people that are absolute creeps.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I think that baseball has become like, for being such um, an American kind of uh, non changing sport, I think it's become really beautifully progressive in the past like decade ish. um, Where it's like, again, seeing all these women is really cool for somebody who wants to go into baseball.
0: It's just my take on the situation is that I'm just afraid, like Denver said, that there's more of these cases in baseball, but they haven't been reported or been have shed light on because this situation happens in 2017. It happened in 2017, so it took three and a half years for the story to be able to fully come out, and especially because that female reporter. Didn't want it to come out until she allowed it to. And they chased her out of the profession, basically. And that's the most disheartening thing about it. And you just wanted these cases like this across baseball where women had to get move themselves away from the game due to sexual harassment. And that's one thing, obviously, that we need to improve on. Because women in sports getting women in sports has obviously been a great great movement and we've seen it more of Kenning and listen back in and others but this is just it's it's not a step down da- it's not a step down obviously but it's just a sad situation and it's just it makes you wonder if women who want to chase a profession now have a double take on like hmm maybe what would happen if this happens to me you know what would happen
2: I yeah. agree Yeah,
0: really
1: hate Obviously, the fact that this, like, he took the job, like, knowing what he did, like, you, like, I don't understand how people can just take a job like that, like, of that stature, and knowing something, like, knowing they did something wrong, like, the airport, just comfortably, like, go through with it. Like, it's just really disappointing to see that there are people in this world, like, you know. Like, if you know you shouldn't be in an industry where you're going to be getting lots of attention, well, first of all, he just that was just wrong when he did it in general. So like maybe don't do that. Maybe I mean, I don't know, just a thought. don't do that. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, it's it's kind of it's 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 really annoying to know that, like someone like that just thinks that, oh, I'll just brush it to the side and take this job, and like, oh, it'll be swept under the rug. like that's that's things can't that can't happen in this world. And hopefully, like, this pushes teams to do more background checks um, in the future.
3: Yeah. Um,
5: obviously, but to be fair, that's not something that could have been discovered by a background check, right? Because, yeah. you know, it's it, it was, what, three years to the date of the incident when uh, they hired him? And, like, there's no way the Mets could have known. And, and I'm all for shitting on the Mets, right?
0: <laughs> um, but when this is the situation wanted- where you use low Mets.
4: This is yeah. completely out of the Mets' control, right? Yeah. This is something yeah. that is base- almost undiscoverable. And, you know, for the people that are victims of this, it must be very hard for them to, you know, like basically bring these things up based on the circumstances. So it becomes a very – it's very hard and very infrequent that this comes up, but it's probably very frequent that it happens But the circumstances that surround these situations, it generally doesn't get found out because it's not brought up on either side. Because, you know, I bet that there's a certain level of fear of, you know, coming out and, you know, saying that a powerful person did something when in true, they would get all pushback, right? Like you saw the way that certain, you know, fans responded to, you know, those truthful accounts of what happened. Like people were attacking the, I think the reporter and you know you cannot let that happen you cannot see that happen and that shows that we need to make it a more you know accepting and we need to actually see the issues if you know what I'm trying to say
0: a lot of people showed yeah. their evil side of them showed that oh i'm just going to blame the report i'm just going to blame the female reporter for this which is so so stupid it's so dumb. yeah if
3: if anything positive has come out of this um, to you know, err on the bright side of things. Um, It's been really nice to see so many people come out in support of her because that's something really scary like you guys are saying. Um, And as a woman, I kind of understand that a little bit more that it is scary to come out against somebody who's in power and it's going to open the way and open up more opportunities for people to come out who have experienced things like that. And then also, again, to see the support come out from people like you guys and just baseball in general for women who have gone through this. Because obviously I'm very protective of women in sports, um, like Sarah, Maddie, me, people who want to go into sports. That's not a possibility that we want to think about. So to see all this support from the younger generation, I think it's going to pave the way for a much more um, positive, uh, like, just baseball why can I not talk? It's just going to be a much more positive place for women in baseball. And I, I'm really happy to see everyone, like, come out and support her, because, again, it's scary. So, yeah, I appreciate <laughs> you guys talking about this, even, on the pod.
4: Of course. It needs to be talked about.
0: It's because we're, we're all trying to push the of more and more women in sports, and Obviously, maybe there will be a, a female manager one day. I wouldn't be surprised if that could happen in the near future. And obviously, yeah, I a big awesome. step with that female GM hire. So, yeah, this is something that needs to be talked about, obviously. And, yeah, it's so good to see... Obviously, there's all all people showing their evil side of him with them attacking the female reporter, which is so dumb. But it, it's better to see all the support for the female reporter and the accountability by Steve Cohen of firing him in the morning. And I assume, I assume he's probably sleeping when it happens. So, yeah. Obviously, uh, uh, yeah. So, moving on to our next piece of news. I don't think Demers is going to like this one as much. Because Ken Rosenfeld reported that uh, oh, the whole no. Rainfleet deal was basically done. And <laughs> everyone was under the assumption that the lineup would be the Death Star.
2: Using a Yankee stern,
0: but it would be under the assumption that it would be a unbelievably good lineup. And now it's like, damn
4: let Kanye West. I'm gonna let you finish, but after you finish, I have a wholehearted rant about you know what's been going on with MLB reporting.
1: <laughs> um, so let me just say this real quick. Detmers, just for all of you who are not aware. Detmers literally guaranteed this would happen in chat. Okay, I just want to put that out there. He guaranteed that um, Michael Brantley was coming to the Blue Jays. Guaranteed. Charles Barkley, he guaranteed ass. this. He guaranteed. He told us this. There is no doubt this was happening. This is no the second time this was... off season that he's <laughs> missing in those guarantees. He guaranteed us that Lindor was going to the Blue Jays. Went to the Mets. He guaranteed. that <laughs> okay, he was the only one he was riding was that Springer was going to the Blue Jays, and he only guaranteed it after like a couple of reports said they were close. So like I won't even. I look you don't even want to count that because like it wasn't even his doing of a guarantee. But he no, guaranteed the, the, that the Brantley was, was not
4: my doing. The the you mistake that I made was the Lindor you one.
1: one. You the- you made a mistake in both. You guaranteed you're like, oh, it's not done. When when they said when they tracked it back on it, you're like, nope, I'm so guaranteed he's still coming. Like twenty, like an hour later, at least an hour later, it's like, oh, he's not coming. He's not
4: All right. right, I'm just so, gonna like, go into it. I'm just gonna go into it. I'm
1: not done yet. I need my thoughts on. This. In <laughs> terms of the Blue Jays, this this kind of sucks for them, but um, that's enough for the Blue Jays. For the Astros, um. This is actually really good for actors, I'm not gonna lie. Um they needed they need some they need people in the outfield. Um they had going to this offseason, they only had Kyle Tucker and they had George obviously free agent who was the part of, uh Blue Jays like we've talked about. And um Andrew, and, 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 and Michael Brantley. Um yeah, Reddick and Michael Brantley, but Reddick's obviously not probably not gonna come back because he reads. Miles um strong. You know? and um <laughs> so yeah, Brantley was they they were hoping to re-sign one of the two, if not get both back. Um, it, A lot of people thought it was unlikely that they would get any of them back, but they did get – um they did bring back Brentley. Um, Now they seem to the fill one more spot in that outfield because um, they got Tucker and Brentley. And, um, you know, for someone – I'm not saying I'm happy to see Brentley go back to Houston. I mean, it helps us because I don't have to see him go to, you know, Baltimore. I mean, not Baltimore, I'm Toronto. But um, it helps us as Yankee fans. We don't have to see him go back to Toronto. Um, In terms of, like, him going to Houston, like, I don't like to see Houston do, do good things, but at the same time, like, Houston doing – I want to see. I don't want to see Houston do good because I hate the Astros. But at the same time, I wouldn't be opposed to finally get to play them in the playoffs again and get our, our revenge. So, like, I don't know. I'm in the middle. Like, I don't want to see them do well. Like, it would be nice to see them just fall, completely fall apart and, like, be trash next season. But it would also be nice to see them get their hopes up get to the playoffs and then run into – the juggernaut Yankees in 2021 and we destroy them and finally get our payback from them taking away two possible world series appearances, um, to of, two of the last four years. So, um, yeah, that's my thought on that. So hopefully he takes you to the playoffs, but you run into us and
4: get smashed. <laughs> now Absolutely. circling Absolutely. back to Michael Brantley. So when I get a notification from Jeff Passon or from Ken Rosenthal even Bob Nightingale when i get a ver notification from a verified reporter should that notification be truthful should it be correct or should it be wrong should it be it false be information correct. it should be correct because there's a level of excellence that should be expected from our MLB reporting. I am a sucker for excellence because I expect it and it should be the way that it is. I'm not expecting that Ken Rosenthal tells me that the Blue Jays have signed Michael Br- Brantley. And am I supposed to think, oh, I don't think they did it. No, I'm supposed to believe him. Who are we to believe anymore? Because what happened with George Springer signing, an unverified source, Brendan Kuhn, who I'll shout out here, broke that news. From a barber's chair, he's getting his hair cut, and broke that news of the George Springer signing. So he was correct; he had it five hours before any other reporter did, and he got it nail on the head. Then later, another source comes out saying Brantley had signed. So obviously, all the reporters come in and they jump on his report—not Brendan Coon, but another um, uh, another source—and then everybody just assumes that he's right. Wouldn't they do their own work? Wouldn't they check on their own instead of just assuming some random guy off the internet is correct about a signing? No. They just, you know, let's go off and say that he signed for three years. You know what this does? Like, who are we supposed to trust anymore? Obviously, like, yes, I guaranteed that we'd get Brantley, because it just made too much sense if we were being reported by... Jeff Pass, like I remember, he put out a great tweet saying that we'd have the best lineup in the AL if we had Brantley, which maybe, maybe I didn't agree with 100% to all respect to Nick, because I think that lineup's a lot better on the Yankees right now. Um, but damn right, it, not a lot better, but marginally better. Um, but You can't blame me for trusting Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal because it's a world where we're supposed to trust Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal, where we're supposed to trust our frontline reporters. And the reason why I'm so upset about it is it's not the first time, right? Brad Hand. Brad Hand would have been on the Mets if if it weren't for Ken Rosenthal. Then I think it was Jason Castro. They got Jason Castro's contract wrong. He went to the Astros for two years not one year. So we really should be learning how to report things after all these years and being able to get things right. And I think you guys can agree with me. I think I right. you know, well, well, I'm I'm, I'm going to say this. I still I still trust those sources
1: regardless. I still trust them and I don't want to say I'm not going to come over here and say oh we need to learn how to report cuz like they've been doing it for years and like just a couple mishaps off season like listen I'm not going to not uh you know follow them and like believe them like yeah it's a yeah it's bad that they messed up a couple times but that doesn't mean they're not reliable and to be fair when they when you said they jumped on the piggyback of that person who said that um uh, michael brandley like signed with the blue jays i don't think they're necessarily saying oh like when they say oh so credit to blah 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 they're saying that they had it first i don't think they're saying that they're the main person who broke it like i'm pretty sure they go out and find their so they go to their own sources to verify before they tweet it out themselves. I don't think they just automatically right. assume that person was right. So I think it's a little unfair to say, like, that piggybacks on that person. I'm pretty sure they probably got, went to their own sources and found out, and maybe their source was wrong, so it makes them look bad because then they're relaying false news also. But it's not their fault. if like they, I don't think they're saying necessarily, like, they're just going off of someone else rather than checking their own sources. And um.
4: But then where did, did they get not, the information?
1: Wait, wait you did not say also by the way after they retracted and said the the deal was not done that was when you said that he, it was it was still it, it was still guaranteed you said you you didn't say it after they said he was going to Toronto after they retracted and said he wasn't going to Toronto anymore and that they were so
4: ways you said it was still a guarantee he was going there it's
0: just a because of when they get
5: the obviously job. I, I
4: still thought that there was some substance to that report because then when i checked in with my sources i was told by actual sources that we were not even close to going after him like that was not even in our purview after the, I, the I,
3: big I, <laughs> big I definitely all. agree with with nick in this scenario like i do agree that um when you are at the height of reporting like a lot of those guys are. Yeah, it's important to make sure that your information is correct. But at the same time, you can't completely stop trusting them after like a couple mishaps because reporting is such a fluid environment. And obviously signing and training people is such a crazy thing in baseball. So I think that a couple wrong, maybe too soon um, reports shouldn't like sway who you trust or not.
4: I, I get it. I, I still trust Passon Rosenthal all those guys. I'm just saying, lightning You're just butthurt. three times. You're kind. just
3: butthurt. You're just butthurt. Exactly. Lord, that's a fact. <laughs> I am, uh, and I'll admit it. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least you admit it.
2: You, you know, uh, getting first to the news this win. off season has been kind of a nasty game. You know, like uh, just uh, misconceptions and mistakes left and right this off season, and I think it kind of has to do with something like, you know, how kind of you know, slow this offseason's kind of been in terms of you know when it got so started, slow. exactly. So, these reporters, since it's so slow, like you kind of get excited over this news. Like, yeah, you're a professional, yeah. you check your sources, but man, isn't it exciting to see that you know this star player is going to a new team? And you know, I was one of those guys that was 100% thinking that Brantley and Springer were 100% leaving the Astros, and I was thinking. You know, that if they lose out on both of these guys, you know, they're a third place team in their division now, like the Angels and the A's are going to be um, battling it out, battling it out, stuff like that. But, you know, like, it's just been a difficult game. I mean, I don't really blame them as much because, you know, at a point you start kind of getting excited. Everybody gets excited. And, you know, you just can't really fault them for that.
3: Yeah, I think that's a great point.
5: One thing there is, like the reporters themselves, for some reason, they just have had... I I think we're getting this um, impression that the reporters are getting a lot of things wrong, when in reality, they're just, um, you know, trying to disprove... Because Yankees fans know this with the Luis Castillo trade, specifically, there was this one (laughs) random guy, just hops on Twitter, and he's like, oh, Luis Castillo is being traded to the Bronx. And then for some godforsaken reason, everyone just like, okay, you know, this random guy that I've never heard of has to be right about a baseball trade. And then um, the reporters have to, you know, quell the fires of that rumor. And as such, um, you know, that that just puts it like a bad name for them. Although, in fairness, Ken Rosenthal himself has been wrong as like the first source for the Brad Hand deal, as well as, let's say, the first source for um, the Brantley deal but I guess it's just there's something in the water this offseason that they need to quell. All
0: right, so we're going to move on to our next segment, which is something that our Yankee fans could potentially enjoy and something that shit could be finalized before this episode gets uploaded. But there has been rumors circulating around of actual verified sources saying a Jameson Talia to the Yankees could be happening soon. So I'm curious on what you Yankee fans, Yankee fans, think about this. Nicky, want to so, go
5: first or I'll shoot? Uh,
1: sure I'll Um, so wow, this is. There are a couple of pictures. I mean, obviously after the um, Luis uh, Castillo fiasco, as Manny mentioned before, um, we are kind of you know in pain right now because we actually thought we were getting a bona fide number two who could be an ace on pretty much any other team as he is right now with the um Cincinnati Reds. So um, you know that kind of sucked, but um, we're still in the pitching market. Obviously, um, Kyle Hendricks is an option. Herman Marquez is an option, possibly. Um, this is Jameson Tyler's an option, and Joe Musgrove was probably an option until he got traded to the Padres. Damn you, Padres! Making all the moves this offseason. So um, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm hoping this trade goes through. It's the reports as well. I just said uh, this saying that this could happen, and looks like we're the front runners right now. I mean, nothing's like imminent, but. It looks like if it's going to happen, that it is most likely going to happen to the New York Yankees. And listen, um, it's another question mark. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, we just keep getting question marks. But Yankees have, like, around seven question marks right now. And, like, if you have seven of them, at least two of them have to work out. And with Garrett Cole and two question marks working out, that's three great – that's three people who are working out for you in your rotation. That should get you to the World Series, if not win it. So, I mean – I mean, I'm not saying I'm accepting a World Series appearance. I'm ex- only accepting a World Series win. But um, three starters, I mean, gets you pre- – I think for three starters, you know, most years gets the job done um, a la the 2019 uh, Washington Nationals. So, I mean, um, yeah, I think that this would be great for us. I mean, obviously – I'm not obviously, but there are other people, you know, I'd prefer, but um, I'm definitely not going to complain if we get a Jameson tie-on.
0: Yeah, I think this could turn Yankees into, hold your breath, a World Series favorite. (laughs) Well, not a favorite, but, you know, they'd definitely be in the running like they always are. We're already in the running, Elijah. Well, you know know what I mean. You know what I mean. They'll actually, you know, have the pitching talents to, you know, go far in the postseason.
1: Not to mention, this is a Pirates pitcher. This
4: is a Pirates as pitcher much as,
1: leaving his team.
4: So As, I, as much I, as was, Tyone is good, right? He's not going to make, in my opinion, he's not going to make the difference of winning the World Series for the Yankees. That's right, overblown. Let me, as was point, just point, said. Point, of he, he got here. Of got
5: they're got getting there got anyway. Himself. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to point something out here that I was going to say after Nick finished. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. But the point now that I remember is that, look, a lot of people are shitting on these moves, saying that Kluber is a question mark. Tyone, if it goes through, is going to be a question mark. The rest of our station in Devi and, um, uh, and Clark Schmidt and uh, Jordan Montgomery are all question marks. But guess what? Like Nick said, you only need one of those five question marks to work out to make it to the World Series. Probably you just need two of them to work out if you want to win the World Series. Because, you know, it, it's really stupid to me that when a team like a Yankee swings these unrated trades right? Or or signs Corey Kluber, right? Everyone's going to bring up, oh, injuries, this, and um, overrated that, and, you know, not a difference maker, this. But it's something like the Rays makes that trade. Everyone's harping on about how, you know, the Rays front office is suddenly, like, pulled up the next Cy Young winner out of a trash heap, right? I completely so, agree. Right, yeah. So, so I think the Yankees front office needs to get some credit, like, you know, we don't know how the move's gonna pan out, but they're not fucking stupid. like if if they're looking at a guy, they're looking at him Ooh. for a reason, right? <laughs> and they're gonna
0: want to do something there. Yes, Sarah, talked about many. But I just think this is uh, just a under not an under the radar move, but this is a move that's important for worlds for a team thats trying to contend for World Series because you need a really solid one through five and a couple of capable st- spot starters to go far and a rotation and uh, to go far in the postseason. And the deal with the Yankees last year is because all Dar- David Garcia pitched great and Garrett Cole was what he usually was. It wasn't enough because you still had J.A. Happ, uh, you know, pitching real innings in the postseason and getting locked for it. So, gotta talk about him. We gotta talk about him, by the way. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about him later. But I think this is a important move, in my opinion. Does this anybody else have anything to say on it?
5: And yeah, no. One last thing that I just remembered: like, this is probably going to happen because one of the main uh, factors that I literally just remembered is that the Yankees still haven't cleared spots for. What's their face? Um, DJ and Kluber,
0: right? What's their face? And, I'm good.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm dead. so th- they still haven't cleared roster spots for these two. And in order to do that, they are going to have to, um, you know, they, they're probably going to have to dump, like, DFA players or they're going to have to uh, get them off by a trade, right? And if it was as easy as DFAing them, then they probably would have done that by now. And since they haven't, done that yet i've got to figure that you know they're they're looking to trade for someone right to to get those spots out of the way elsewhere
1: yeah i don't think so yet, off that i don't think they want to want to like just dump guys and they want to get some value for at least a little value for some for some of those guys um like manny said out like if they were gonna dump them they would have dumped them by now
0: i think practice. this is yeah and I think this will shape out the Yankees roster for sure. But their division, their division rival Red Sox are doing are doing their best. You know, they're being they're they're trying their best for what they can do. They're being they're being the cute little brother right now. You know.
4: Oh, good job, good job, you said Kike Hernandez and kid Richards. Good for you, good for
0: you.
1: Don't hit on Kike, Kike Hernandez. I'm, yeah, no, is nice, but, like, I'm, that's why I'm
4: a
0: little sad about this. <laughs> he gives, gives me Vietnam like flashbacks, by the way. Nice man. Uh-huh. Nice <laughs> man, <laughs> no. great
4: fielder, bad hitter.
2: I, oh, my God, I, I, oh God. yeah,
0: oh, yeah, bad oh. hitter. Such a bad hitter, except against the Braves. Yeah, except yeah, against have, the Braves, that's like, true.
3: If he does Wait, how have how his many... struggles during the regular season... But, like, he is comes clutch, clutch in the and, and his energy is unmatched. Like, that dude— The postseason? Are we expecting the Red Sox it, to
4: Denver's make the postseason Denver, in a Denver division with the Yankees, trophy. Rays, and Blue Jays? Heck no. They're not making the postseason, Denver, so Denver that's not going to
1: You took my joke. I was going to say, yeah, he's close to the postseason, but he won't be seeing the postseason much on that team.
4: So Yeah, one so, step so, ahead of you, buddy. Um,
1: <laughs> what is it called? Um, real quick, how much— Wait, who did— Garrett Who? Richards? Garrett Richards. How much are they? How much are they paying him?
4: Garrett, who? I think they paid him ten million. Ten million. Yeah, right? it's ten yeah, million. The same,
1: Red, the same Red Sox fans who clowned us for giving Corey Cooper eleven million, but they're paying Garrett Richards ten million. Really? Yeah, okay. That's exactly, yeah. Like,
4: yeah that's what? Funny. That's yeah literally. Literally. Any, literally.
5: I, yeah. No. So, someone. Someone needs to tell heim Bloom and the Red Sox that that they that they got the wrong Garrett. Yeah, yeah they did.
3: <laughs> they were I, I think confused. That's the point.
4: That point from Manny was spot on. The fact that, like, nobody gives the Yankees front office credit for making, like, some really good moves is spot on because you can see that with the Red Sox, right? Because the Red Sox signed Garrett Richards. Who, in my opinion, is we overrate as a pitcher. Like, we kind of underrated him so far that he became overrated. And people are like, oh my goodness, what a sneaky signing from the Red Sox. No. No. Just no. put it into perspective. No. Same thing yeah, with Hernandez. Yeah, that's a lot
1: of money for him. 14
4: million over two years for Kike Hernandez. Yeah, I no. Given... These are both two Whoa. terrible yeah. deals, in my no, opinion.
3: Yeah. No, no matter oh, how much I love Kike, and no how, matter, oh my God, no matter how much. I am happy for him. I don't think that deal really reflects, like, kind of the struggles that he's had.
2: You're better it? off
4: throwing money down a wishing well. Just the funny just,
3: thing about, um, the- about the... Wishing deer. it could get better. <laughs> like, I hope Kike Hernandez can hit. That,
1: I,
4: the funny yeah, thing yeah, about a
5: Garewitcher's the- deal is... Throw, about, like, throw that money down the... the- getting the new park. The funny
1: the- thing eat, eat, eat. Of, funny thing about that deal is that, like, the thing with the Yankees, core Kluber, they're signing Kluber to, like, be a number two, maybe, uh, hopefully a number two, a number three, maybe in their rotation. bro. all the- to just fill a spot. Like, you don't, if you're a rebuilding team, I don't know why you would pay $11 million to fill a spot when you just want to, you probably just want to try guys out and see how they feel. Like, I don't know. Like, the situation is just worse. Like, in front of us, they, think, they thought it was hilarious how we paid $11 million for, um, uh, God, this is very bad. Two-time Cy Young Award. Yeah, two-time Cy Young Award winner and Corey Kluber, but yet yeah, they're paying uh, Garrett Richards ten million to what? Just, just, to sit there and fill. Well, yeah, just here, just fill a spot here.
5: The Reds' yes, to be the second best usable. to be the second best Garrett in
4: the AL East. Right, I, I think, and it's going to be the third <laughs> best because Garrett Stallings is coming up for Baltimore, so like exactly. the thing is even he's Strong. even Strong. he's i forgot getting baltimore than- was a team <laughs> <That? Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like they're still here <laughs> baltimore like. is better than buff baltimore is almost better down. than Who remembers? A big Who remembers when the
5: baltimore orioles were like for a good portion of the 2020 season like they, they had a
1: legitimate shot at being the eighth seed, twenty twenty, be like Santander, <laughs> man. It was
4: Santander,
1: bro. No, Santander and Mountcastle. Castle. Red Sox don't re- Red
0: Sox don't re Challenge.
4: I'm so high on Mountcastle.
0: Like no, never mind. That's wrong term. But, uh, no, we're not making those term, jokes wrong term. today. Wrong term. Wrong term. But, but, but wait, wait, let I'm the back
5: kids back. talk but, is now R-rated. Uh, it yeah, it <laughs> hasn't been
3: R-rated.
0: Look! Look! Uh, look! I think look, it's fair look, look! Look! I used the wrong term, okay? I used the wrong term. Well, that's a
3: you problem.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm well, we're cooking up some stuff. controversy. No, I'm, like, I'm just gonna Al stop talking. Up talking. That you know, like, game I like Season it. seven, <laughs> episode four of Master Chef Junior. But apart <laughs> oh, from oh, that,
2: my apart we're from taking that,
0: this. I like, think the, the
4: Red Sox front office, Red Sox front office, has been delusional since the Mookie Betts trade. Like, I, listen, I love Alex Word. Verdugo. Alex Verdugo's a great piece, but they're just wasting away Xander Bogarts yeah. when he has that so much so value. A,
3: that was, yeah.
4: They're wasting they're, the they're players they
3: have. They're still in a haze. Why they would, still can't comprehend that Mookie is gone.
4: Yeah, exactly. Then they <laughs> yeah. trade their low-level
5: prospect I thought, for cash. Yeah, no, exactly. That, that's one thing. I, I thought these guys from Tampa were supposed to be smart. Han Bloom comes in, and he has the Red Sox somewhere trapped in an endless tug of war between fire selling literally everyone on your team and signing nobody's except, I guess, Kike Hernandez is a like has some sort of prowess. Derek Richards is a, a, well. a, yeah, a backup player, a backup
3: player. He was always <laughs> clutch as a backup player. As a starter, he, he was, was like, eh.
4: Jim you don't, boom pay, is all so you don't pay. You don't pay. You don't pay a seven million, million dollar fee
0: for a backup player, in Here, my Quique, opinion. That Chain Bloom is trying his best. Chain Bloom is trying his best to be Dave Dombrowski. You are wink, trash, wink. Bloom. Yeah. You are trash. Wink, you know wink. That. But uh, <laughs> we're going to move on to our final segment for the <laughs> well, day, the which is the inevitable. Buy or sell. <laughs>
3: Wait, Jay. Buy.
0: Yours truly. Wait. Well, nobody cares <laughs> about that. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. Can I just say for <laughs> yeah. good In Jay-hat, our first. Goodbye. In okay, our first. Back, back to the Yankees.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, in our first. Bye. Buy or sell. We have, who do we have for y'all? Oh, James Italian. we buy or sell. sell. Oh, now now that
5: he's coming to the Yankees, now that <laughs> he's likely coming to the Yankees, I gotta say buy, and I know Nick knows exactly what my thought process is. A week ago, I couldn't have cared less, but now, since he's wearing we pinstripes.
1: An, we buy an eye. Yeah.
5: Let's
1: we'll get that ring, boy.
4: I'll You're buy on Jameson. I'll buy. Reluctantly, though.
1: Yeah, I kind of... I, I agree with the
3: reluctantly. Like, heavy emphasis on the reluctantly. Get
4: that yeah, it's he's a risk, but I t- I would take that risk.
3: If it if works out, there. yeah, then it's huge. But, you know, I'm still going to go into it, like, kind of going,
0: eh, alright. I'm going to buy on Talion Because I really... Really like the stuff that he could bring to a rotation, and I like his stuff in general. He's got good command of us. He's got good command of his fastball, and his off speed stuff is pretty good as well. But anybody, anybody else, have anything to say on this buy or sell, Italian? or Tayon, whatever? How do you ha, how, how do you pronounce it? But uh,
3: good one, Ta-on. Good
0: one, Tayon. Tayon. Yeah. 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 Oops. Yeah. Oops. I am having a great day today, but uh, our next mm. buy or sell, shut up, is Andrew Benatendi. Sell, 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 hard sell. sell. I- sell. Everyone is part oh. sell. So This
4: guy, so- sell. <laughs> this guy
5: <laughs> hasn't been
4: relevant them. since perhaps since Andrew Benatendi from here. Remember when people said he was going to
1: be Aaron Judge, Burke of the Year. Remember when people said well,
4: that? not nice. outshined by Mancini. Like Cray Mancini's a that's great really sad. Player. But he's a great player. Like, but Mancini had no hype coming up. And he yeah. completely outshined Benintendi in his rookie year. And Benintendi's rookie year was bearable. He had a good rookie year. It's just anything from that point on has been so below par, it's hard to believe.
1: This is this is what he gets for skipping AAA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, no, not just that. Like, the last
5: time this guy remotely resembled a top outfielder in Major League Baseball, I'm pretty sure most of us hadn't been born. Like, bro. <laughs> okay, that that is obviously a hyperbole, but it feels like it's been seven bajillion years since Andrew Benintendi had held any remote semblance
4: to a good outfielder. Yeah, him and his 27 OPS plus can sit in the minor leagues. <laughs>
1: Bro, I remember when people <laughs> were telling me, I remember when he was predicted to be the 2017 American League Rookie of the Year. Nah, man, that's that six foot seven guy in the Bronx. That six foot
3: seven man. Because, <laughs> man, he,
0: he I am going, he's been abysmal. I am going to buy <laughs> on this guy for one reason. Of course. It's that he's the <laughs> yeah. target for the Braves. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm buying on this guy is the that he's he a potential trade bar- target for the Braves. Go, go, yeah, go the Braves. to the Marlins. Go to the Marlins. You're better
4: off calling up Braden yeah, if go than than sell, if calling he goes to the Marlins, i sell on him. You're better off calling up If he goes to the Marlins, I'll sell on
0: him. Hey, hey. If he goes <laughs> to the Marlins, I'll sell on him. But if he, if he goes to the Braves, then Kevin Scheidt is going to use his hitting coach magic on him and he's going to turn into a 1,000 OPS player. And yeah, but.
4: As much as I hate Anthopolis. And Fopolis wouldn't even make that move. So you don't have to worry about getting Andrew Benintendi. Yeah. You'll, yeah. you'll go
0: Whatever. to Miami. Whatever, again. man. Whatever, man. You'll go to Miami. All right. Derek Jeter will fix him up. <laughs> Just. So our final buy or sell is a guy who battled injuries in season 20. And Steven Strasburg. Buy no. or sell. I'll oh, buy. I would sure only buy for
4: one more year. I'll,
3: he's an established I'll, player. I'll buy because we can all, you know, agree, re- can all agree on that. I think yeah. i buy because Yeah, like, like
5: I, I don't think there's good. anything to suggest he's gonna like trail downward long term.
1: Yeah, that dude is a workhorse. I think, I think that I think that like his injury passed and then his season where he was just like there and like he pretty much plowed through the playoffs and proved he could do it. But then this 2020 year where he just pitched, like, I think it was just that one game he pitched and then he was out for the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, I, I picked people, him up on fantasy and I was hyped. And then he people, got hurt. People were like, oh, here we go, back to injuries again. So I feel like he wants to prove that, like, no, we're not back to injuries and that he can go full season and, like, let's do this thing. So I feel like – I mean, like, listen, this guy, he's a former number one overall pick, right, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he, he has – he has the stuff of a Cy Young, man. Like, he can literally win a Cy mm-hmm. Young if he just pitched 100%. the first season and pitched away. We know he can. He's a World Series MVP. I mean, listen, Steven Trafford is a great pitcher, and I'm I'm definitely a buy on this guy.
4: You know, he's, other than Kyle Hendricks, he's one of the most consistent pitchers in the NL. You know, I believe that next year is a really career-defining year. Because as you can tell, you know, Max Scherzer, we don't really know how much is left in the tank. This is going to be Steven Strasburg's opportunity to really be the ace, like the number one in a rotation. Like who knows what's going to be in that Nationals rotation in a couple of years. Like you can see him signing Lester and stuff now, but like he's definitely going to be the guy in that rotation and that pressure, we'll see how it kind of gets to him. But I'd buy on him right now and then
1: I'd maybe reconsider later. They need for him sure, player. like they need him for sure. Like if they have any chance of getting to the playoffs, they need that boy for sure. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. And you know, you see it's Washington. Special. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> uh he <laughs> saw um the Nationals, you know, adding to their offense. They um added uh, <laughs> uh Josh Bell. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <was a> <laughs> they added Josh Bell, traded for some other players. Um Schwarber. Yeah, Schwarber. Schwarber. Uh, I, I think I think they Strasbourg needs to have this good year because if you remember 2019 offseason, it was literally a choice between Anthony Rendon or Steven Strasburg because you know, with like how much they were spending, you can only sign one, right? Mm-hmm. So they were either you were gonna have like a seven year deal to either of them. I think that's what it was. But yeah, I think he's, he's gonna shove this year. I mean, yeah. The home run rate, the walk rate's kind of going up, but I mean, come on. He's going to be determined to come back after a season of injury, and I think he'll do good for them. And, yeah, you know, I mean, they're not waiting. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to go? No, finish. Oh, okay. I, I don't think the Nationals are going <laughs> to win the division by any means, but, I mean, it, it's still going to be a tough battle, but, I mean, if you have Steven Strasberg doing really well, I mean... You could honestly have a slight chance at the wild card.
3: I think that Mm. on on top of, okay, on top of all his stuff, coming back to the injury thing, on top of all his like insane stuff, I love the way he pitches. There's been so much progress in injuries and coming back from injuries. So maybe new technology, uh, new processes can help him get back to where he was in 2019.
0: For sure. And that's going to put an end to our buy or sell segments. And before we leave, Baseball World Friday morning was stunned to hear the loss of Hank Aaron, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, who's who broke, who had the all-time one record for around 40 years, 30 years, I think, before bay, before. Barry Bonds broke it, and he wasn't just an elite baseball player. He was more than that. He was an icon to the sport. He went from being an 18-year-old and born in the Deep South, facing bigotry and racism like you would not believe, looking for a chance in the Negro Leagues, to becoming one of the greatest baseball players of all time and an icon, to the sport in general. and it wasn't just it wasn't just how he performed. It's how it's the way he carried himself through it. He would receive death threats in the mail each and every week, month, and year, threatening him, threatening his family, threatening threatening his children, obviously. and he he carried himself through it. He didn't let it affect him in the slightest. and There's a quote. There's a quote that I remember after after Hank Aaron broke the home on record. He was just like, I'm finally glad that this is over because he was just kind of dreading the moment because each time it felt more and more dangerous that someone would try to assassinate him before he broke the record. And it's just it was disheartening. But the way he carried himself through it. And especially afterwards, after retirement being awarded Presidential Medal of Freedom, becoming a civil rights activist in general. And all I have to say is, rest in peace, Hank Aaron. We'll miss you. And we'll see you guys next episode. Sitting on 714. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a drive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. There's a new home run champion of all time And it's Henry Aaron The fireworks are going Henry Aaron is coming around third His teammates are at home plate And listen to this crowd The salad crowd is cheering Henry Aaron, the home run king of all time 7.15